You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are connected to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we're talking about anti-Semitism. In the recent months following the October 7th terrorist attacks that took place in Israel, there's been a rise on college campuses and in our cultural conversation of anti-Semitism. So how should we as Christians think about this? What are some thoughts that we should have and how should we respond to what's going on in the world around us? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy. I'm on staff here at CCC. I've got the rest of our hosts today, Zach Wyrock, Joe Coffey, and Stacey DiNardo. And our topic today is anti-Semitism. So this is something that has risen to the forefront of our culture in recent months, starting with October of 2023 with the Hamas terrorist attacks that took place uh, and and then, you know, from there, it seems like whether it's you're seeing things on campus at universities, you're hearing it in uh, different cultural s- streams or especially on social media, uh, anti-Semitism has really risen to the forefront in our culture. It's something people are talking about, people are experiencing. We felt like as Christians, we need to think about how we should think about that, how we should react and, and kind of how to process what's going on around us with that. Yeah, maybe two important distinctions to start. I mean, one is this podcast is dealing with the anti-Semitism that has been uh, seen nationally, not with Israel and Hamas and Gaza, because that that's a really complex conversation that, that it, it's important to have, but it's a different subject because what we started seeing after uh, the Hamas terrorist attack and then Israel's response is that people weren't saying things about Israel only. Uh, You had protests on college campuses where they were actually saying death to the Jews. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were calling for the eradication of the Jewish people. So, uh, of course, we all understand that there are Jews living around the world, not just in the nation state of Israel. So when you say death to the Jews, you're saying something larger and different than you're not I stand the against the response of Israel. of Israel or you know I stand against the what Israel's doing in Gaza or or anything like that. I think the second thing is a recognition that uh, you know Jesus said out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. You know that's a sobering thought to say that what comes out of my mouth is traceable back to something that was probably already in my heart. Uh, yeah, and so I, the anti-Semitism that we're seeing... It was there all along, yeah. right? And, yeah. I, and I and think... it's bubbled up. Yeah, and I think that for me, as a spectator of saying, wow, if, if, if you can go so quickly to large groups on campus saying, or even thinking about... I'll tell you what it made sense to me, is there was a congressional hearing where they had the president of MIT and the president of Penn Harvard. and the president of Harvard, and they were asking them, do calls for the genocide of the Jews violate your campus policies against hate speech and uh, hostile environments? And they couldn't say Same. yes. Right. And I was thinking, these are thought-out, reasoned people. These are academics who prepared for this. And there's something going on here that was already going on that I wasn't aware of. And that is, I think, this anti-Semitic thread. Yeah. And uh, Stacey, you you were saying before we started recording that you looked up kind of the history of anti-Semitism. It was, and it was shocking to me, again, just knowing we were going to have this conversation, just looked up, you know, making sure I had a a right, you know, thinking rightly about anti-Semitism and was shocked at the number of instances of persecution, wars, where that to have taken place. I mean, it was probably at least 20 listed in like a Wikipedia lineup. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I mean, it was shocking to me and something I had not thought about. Um, you know, obviously World War II and the Holocaust have thought a lot about that, but 
Yeah. yeah, and I think when you look up something like that, you end up having to say that there is uh, at least a, a a major spiritual component yeah. of this that uh, Satan and the is uh, he hates the Jews yeah. Yeah. for a reason because of Jesus being a Jew and the Jewish people and the whole history and God's plan for uh, through that uh, through the Jewish people to bring the Messiah. Uh, but I want to go back to the, it is interesting that anti-Semitism has uh, arisen so profoundly at the campus level. Yeah. And that's where we see yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, a couple of things. One is whenever you group, a, you know, you get a whole group of people together and uh, you're, and you call for a genocide. Yeah. Uh, there's something uh, deeply wicked about that. That's taking, you know, we've talked about racism before and different yeah. things that yeah. God hates when we do different things like that and group people together. But then uh, that is like uh, racism on steroids to just say, we, will, we want to destroy this whole people. Uh, why do you think that has arisen in our, I, like, that's not something, anti-Semitism is not something I thought was alive and yeah. well. That's why I, I know. Think, yeah. I, I think some of it comes. It just seems incongruous with the way that our society has operated. You know, you, this is the first time in a long time that I've heard society like people call for genocide, right? Right. In, yeah. For any group, yeah. So, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, it's it's funny. C.S. Lewis used to talk about this concept of chronological snobbery, and he he would say that. Uh, we have a tendency of looking at people in the past and thinking, oh, what a bunch of simple people. How could they think that, right? And not realizing that 100 years from now, We're people will look back thing, on us. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I think I was experiencing a kind of chron- chronological snobbery, though, in a different direction of feeling like we had evolved past this. Right. Yeah. Right. right? Like, I'm, of I'm, course, yeah. of course, anti Semitism is a thing of the past. And sure, are there hate groups and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ignorant people on the far reaches of society and the internet? And sure, but, but, that's not mainstream and and I was just wrong. I mean right. again when you're when you're seeing it in mass on college campuses, when you're seeing presidents of prestigious universities right. who refuse to condemn mm-hmm. it, who refuse to 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 say that it's that it's wrong. And again, if you watch that congressional hearing, I mean that congresswoman is is literally saying just this, good or bad, calling for the genocide of the Jews, right or wrong, right? And they just they, they don't equivocate. Have, like, uh, it's a yes, no. Yeah. And she's yes, even yes, saying to them, like, I'm just that. wanting you to say, like she's you know, she couldn't believe it and I, I couldn't believe it. And you're realizing, hey, this is we have not outgrown this problem. No. I, I think some of it ties into something, Joe, you were saying before we recorded, which was that perhaps maybe some of the things being taught and prized in our society have rendered us Ill, ill-equipped unequipped to to think about. Do you want to yeah, flesh some of that out? Yeah, I, I read an article about the critical theory, uh, which has evolved into critical race theory and all that. But part of that uh, theory, the way I understand it, to simplify it, is that in anything, there's always an, an oppressor and an oppressed group. So uh, victimhood becomes... Uh, very, very important, and there, there is there are people with black hats and white hats, and that's that's, it. It, that's the way the the world is divided. And so, when Hamas attacked Israel, um, what happened in college campuses? Where they were saying, "Okay, well, why would they do that?" Well, they were oppressed. Well, once Gaza, uh, Hamas, yeah, and you're going to talk about tra- we right. got to yeah. right, you, right, right. you got to divide those things up. Yeah. But once. Uh, Hamas and Gaza became the oppressed, then Israel became the oppressor, 
and then it was an all-out assault. Yeah, they felt a little bit and like those labels were Jews, predetermined, right? Right. Yeah. It's like once you're labeled the oppressor class or the victim class, there's no like right. that's what you are. Right. It doesn't matter. And then we're you know in, in in our country and in the world, but you know I only know our country, but we have lost the ability for any kind of nuance. Yeah. We simplify. Mm-hmm. We want to simplify everything, so we want to say they're good, they're bad. Well, I think right. that goes yeah. back to what you were saying about the black hats and white hats thing, yeah. where if if you even if you are not you know a, a a Palestinian citizen who or somebody who's being oppressed so so to speak, uh, if you feel like you're oppressed in some other way, you've put a white hat on yourself. So when you see uh, the, the yeah. things happening in Israel, you see white hats against black hats, and you're like, I I didn't have anything to do with this before, but I see a chance for some white hats to. Well, and the reason you know people were trapped in that white hat, black hat dichotomy or that paradigm is because they were justifying horrific Monsters things. things. I mean, right. things that happened right. in October that are just not, it doesn't matter who's doing, I mean, you just can't justify rape or, or murder or, you know, those kinds of things, kidnapping. And yet they were being justified because it was almost like if you're a white hat person, whatever you have to do. To, and I think this is part of what I think was happening is American politics has unfortunately become a game of quickly simplifying things yeah. and then demonizing the other side. And, and, and I think in the Israel-Hamas-Palestine situation, which is incredibly complex and nuanced and, and, and there are good things and, and bad things, I mean, in, in a million directions, wherever you look. And I think part of the problem is what it seems to me is the is that the right in American politics is deleting one of the three groups. They're saying there's Israel and there's Hamas. There's 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 pro-democracy, pro-freedom, and a terrorist organization. And they leave out the Palestinian occupants of Gaza and what their day-to-day life is like. The left is doing the same thing though, because what they're they're deleting Hamas and going, well, there's Israel and there's the Palestinians. And you go, well, but there isn't. There's this terrorist organization that's, you know, building tunnels under hospitals. And 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 I think people are so quick. We have to realize that what feels in some ways innocuous, like one Republican candidate demonizing a Democrat or vice versa, and we think, oh, that's just politics, is no, that degradation actually leads to a, a universe in which we don't feel we can call evil evil if it's our side doing it. Right. And yeah. we don't and – and I think it's really left us flat-footed so that, again, you have presidents of prestigious universities who can't call calls for genocide evil. And you're going, where – what happened? We, we, we lost some tools yeah. in our toolbox. Yeah, tease that out a little bit more. That's really interesting that uh, when we get to the point where we can't call evil – Evil, because that's exactly what happened yeah. in those congressional hearings. Yeah. So what? Uh, how does how does that happen, and how does that happen? I, I'm kind of asking because I want to know how that happens yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, I think in some ways that our society, and again, this is just me waxing eloquent a little bit. So there's probably more to it than this. But the two things I would say is is one is I think it's the critical theory. It's the white hat, black hat, yeah. oppressor, yeah. victim. If everything boils down into those things, then you're quick to assign those labels. And then to say, but the other to one rally is, to your side and just right, right. Yeah, yeah. But the other one is that's if, the thing too is with, with the the critical theory is that when you are oppressed, you get to justify everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so go ahead. The other one is is theological. I, I feel like when you forego the concept of God, y- you are left with a make it up as you go morality. Right, right. And, and so I think what those presidents, I don't think those presidents were saying that they would join the crowd calling for genocide. I think they did not have the moral framework for saying it was wrong, right? I think yeah. that because – now, had it been a call on campus to 
to uh, uh, for the genocide of all people who uh, with gender confusion or gender dysphoria, or they would have had the moral framework for that because in their worldview, that would have been evil. But it's almost like uh, they heard what was happening on their campus. They turned to their political structure who said, "Mm, we don't have an answer for this. And they said... Oh, I don't, I can't say, and they would say things back, like, I remember the president of Harvard going, well, you know, it depends, and going, depends on what? It doesn't, if you have a Jewish student at Harvard, it doesn't depend on anything. If if you have an an ideological lynch mob calling for you and your family to to be murdered. So I think what we're realizing is a society that does not have a higher authority on morality will inevitably become the oppressor, and I think that's what's interesting, is even in... In your, even if you adopt critical theory, which I, which I don't, none of us do, but if you did and you said there's only the oppressor and there's the oppressed, well, then in this context, the Jewish student was the oppressed, right. but, they weren't, but be, they weren't actually being afforded that, right, that label. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, one of the things that we talked about too is that j- lest you hear us uh, just throwing uh, stones at people without a theological framework, uh, the Christian faith has uh, a complex history with anti-Semitism. If you look up the writings of Martin Luther, part of it is that, uh, you know, we understand, and, you know, when you read the New Testament and it talks about Jesus being uh, persecuted, Jesus being uh, crucified, he was crucified, it'll say, by the Jews, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And so early on, again, a simplistic kind of understanding, I think at some point uh, Jews became known as, uh, Jesus killers. The ones who killed yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then, I think uh, Martin Luther. Some of his writing was very anti-Semitic. Yeah. Uh, so and it's a, it's a. I mean, Luther made a, a a ton of great contributions to the church. That doesn't mean we shouldn't for sure eyes wide open. And I I think the barbarism of that theology is is it gets a couple of things wrong. Number one, we all crucified Jesus. <laughs> right. 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 That's the clear right. teaching of the New Testament. It, right. Is that if I understand my sin enough, I know. Had Jesus been born in Southern Indiana, where I'm from, in 2000, in the early 2000s, I was in there. I would have yelled, "Crucify!" <laughs> like he, Jesus, indicted our wickedness. He he taught us truth that we didn't want. He so really, regardless of of the people. But then, but then, second, it divorces even what the Bible has to say about God's relationship with the Jewish people, about right. uh, the redemptive history, the arc of redemptive yeah. history, and and so yeah, Christians aren't aren't immune from it. And I think there's a little bit like, if you separate it from anti-Semitism for a second, we've always had a little bit of a fascination, you know, um, people in general, Americans, with the boogeyman kind of, I think we just like to place certain groups in that category. Because one of the one of the forms of anti-Semitism is that there's this Jewish cabal that's running the, the you know, that, and they're the and cause like. of, and they're the boogeyman that that is responsible for. And I think we have to recognize that thread runs through all of us. It ran through Martin yeah. Luther. It, right. it, it was on campus at Harvard. And it exists in my own heart of just this desire to demonize someone else. The problem with the world is in someone else. And I think the only way forward is to individually repent of that and then collectively push against can, that yeah. and say, yeah. you know, no, we're going to evaluate people on the merits of their individual character. Yeah. I just, I'm sitting here in this nice warm room realizing that this is really truly touching people now from a Jewish student on a college campus to everything that's happening over in Gaza and over in Israel. And so just the reality that as a Christian, like how 
what what do I do moving forward? Obviously, self-evaluation, looking at myself, repenting of ways that I can myself have prejudice. But I don't know. What's the way forward? Praying for our brothers and sisters that are, you know. Yeah, and I, you know, to your point, Stacy, too, I think one of the things that we have to always remember is that ideas have consequences. And so uh, to always be going back to the Bible and to God's character as our yeah. guide uh, rather than all the stuff that we're being fed. And um, I just think what we're watching with anti-Semitism are ideas that have been taught that didn't seem like they were violent at the time, and that yeah. didn't seem like they would be they would have this kind of repercussions, but they do. And I think inside of all of us, and we're uh, teaching on it right now as we go through, as we start out the year of listening and saying that there is one voice that we can yeah. listen to and we can trust. And the the further we get away from that voice, the further we get away from saying, this is going to be my true north, this is going to be where my ideas come from, um, the more danger we are in of having those those ideas carry us to consequences that we never thought we'd get to. Like, I don't think when you, when, when parents sent their kids to Harvard, I don't mm. think they would, they never, thought they would right? ever be mm. doing what they're doing now, yep. but they are. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. I think I would just add two practical things. I mean, I think one is I would say that we need to, as Christians push back against an oversimplification, Absolutely. particularly, That's particularly when it one. demonizes yep. other people. So I, I think whether that oversimplification is the Jews are what's wrong with the world, which of course is not true right. and ridiculous, or in, if, if anyone questions a particular action that the nation state Israel takes, that they're being anti-Semitic. We just have to disregard the, 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 the tendency of just going good guy, bad guy, right. uh, what the people that are wrong, the people that are right. We just got to forego that, I think that language. That's important, especially this next year in an election year. Right. When, yeah. yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> outside yeah, of this there. topic, you're going to be asked to oversimplify yeah. a lot. Lot of yeah, absolutely right? right. I think the other thing is we. I think we have to talk to our kids about this. You know, I don't know if I've ever sat down and had a conversation with my kids about anti-Semitism, but it occurred to me, Joe, even when you're talking about parents didn't send their kids to go to college to march in 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 uh, mobs yelling death to uh, all Jews. And, but what I would guess is the parents thought. I didn't think I needed to talk to my right. kids about anti-Semitism. Right. Right. And I think we do. I think yeah. we do because it keeps popping up in history. It's mm -hmm. going to keep popping up in history. And I think if the only people talking to our kids about it are the people who would influence them away from the direction Jesus would have yeah. them go, then it's not hard to see that they would end up there. So I think some of it's sitting down and saying, hey, this is what's happening in the world. I mean, obviously, at an age-appropriate level. And I want to talk about why this is mm -hmm. awful, why this is evil, why this is an oversimplification, and the harm of demonizing people. And we need to recognize that while you might stand up against anti-Semitism, if you display for your children the demonizing of any group of people— yeah you are in essence legitimizing the demonization of any group of people, right? right? right. And so if, if, if your kids hear you demonize a particular group, even if you think, well, I would never do that to Jewish people. Yeah, but they're just going from exactly. what you did here yeah. to, to forming their own group of people. And so I think we have to even maybe do some repenting to our kids of saying, hey, I've, I've said awful things about this group of people, whether it's ideological or ethnic or racial, or, and, and say, I, I was wrong so that they will hear that, so that they will avoid being attached to these kinds of things in the future. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged 
at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.